I've been to Europe. I've ridden trains. I've ridden basically all across France, across a lot of Europe. Worked just fine over there. Uh, why does it work less well here, and why shouldn't we be pursuing it here? Well, the funny thing is, you know, I've been to Europe, too, and it looks great, but when you sit down and look at the numbers, it turns out it really doesn't work for Europeans any better than it does for the United States. They spend billions, hundreds of billions of dollars subsidizing their trains, building high-speed rail. The European countries like France and Italy and, and uh, Spain have gone heavily into debt building high-speed rail, and yet uh, the average European only rides passenger trains, including uh, urban rail and intercity rail, about 500 miles a year more than Americans do. And in order to get them to do that, they've suppressed auto driving and they've suppressed air travel. And the average American travels 10,000 miles a year more than, than Europeans do by automobile and air. And so uh, they've gained 500 and lost 10,000. I don't think that's a fair trade-off. Yeah, I can so, attest so, to some of that. Last time I was in England, we put 1,300 miles on a rental car, and I was paying what amounted to 8 bucks a gallon for gas the whole way. Right. So, they yeah, there's the trade-off. They penalize uh, driving as much as they can. And yet, despite the penalties, air travel is growing much faster than rail travel in Europe. Uh, they build all this high-speed rail, and, and uh, it, some people use it, but most people don't. Now, in the United States, uh, we're actually not a lot different. We spend a lot of money subsidizing rail. And the reason why that is is that rail is really expensive. It costs a lot more because it requires so much in, more infrastructure than flying, and that infrastructure is a lot more expensive than just just putting pavement on a road for uh, driving. All right, Romance of the Rails is the book. Romance of the Rails, Why the Passenger Trains We Love Are Not the Transportation We Need. The author is Randall O'Toole from the Cato Institute in D.C. And again, we'll be speaking a lunch session in Alpharetta and tonight in Marietta. Okay, you mentioned subsidizing, subsidies for the trains, Europe and here, where we have them. Uh, critics of your way of thinking would say, yeah, well, what do you think an interstate highway is but government subsidizing cars? Well, the interstate highway system was built entirely with user fees, gas taxes, taxes on tires, taxes on trucks, uh, diesel taxes. And uh, we spent about $450 billion building it, but it all came out of user fees. And about 20% of all passenger travel and 20% of all freight in this country is shipped uh, on the interstate highways. So we really get a lot, got a lot back from spending that money. Now, if we built a high-speed rail system in the United States, it likewise would cost about 450 or $500 billion. None of it would be paid for out of user fees. It would all be paid for by people who don't ride it. And uh, it would only carry, at, uh, the most optimistic projections are that it would only carry about 1% of passenger travel and 0% of freight. So it would be just as expensive as interstates. It would be hardly used at all. Uh, and uh, all the expense would have to come out of the pockets of general taxpayers. Again, talking with author Randall O'Toole here. Uh, to bring it home here, we did a lot of discussion. I've been in Athens now 21 years. Every day of those 21 years, somebody is talking about linking Athens and the University of Georgia to Atlanta with rail. Uh, to this day, we've not done it. I doubt my grandkids would ever ride such a train, but we keep talking about it. Why should we look at that as, as some kind of be-all, end-all, an objective that we should want to have? What, what would be the rationale for it, and from your perspective, the rationale against it? Well, the, you know, this, this romantic idea that everybody used to ride trains, and if we could just have a lot of trains, we would stop driving our cars. 
But the fact is, people didn't used to ride trains. At the height of rail travel, uh, the average American only rode the trains about 500 miles a year, which is about the same as Europeans do. And so uh, uh, what that means is most Americans didn't ride them at all, and a few Americans rode them a lot because they were so expensive. Most Americans didn't achieve true mobility until Henry Ford started mass-producing the Model T Ford, and automobiles became cheap enough that everybody could afford them. And so we have this idea of a golden age that that's as colored by the fact that we don't really understand how expensive it was, and we start building rail. You know, Atlanta has a rail system, and Miami has a rail system, and other cities, and we create a lobby of contractors and engineering and design firms that want the contracts to build them because they are so expensive. It costs as much to build one mile of light rail or heavy rail as it does to build 10 miles of a four-lane freeway. Uh, It's just that expensive. And each lane of that four-lane freeway is going to carry far more people than the light rail or heavy rail trains. Now, let me so, approach it. Let me let me approach it this way. One of the things I like to say uh, in regards to public transit, even if I'm not going to use it, and chances are I'm not. I, I'm one of those people. I'm an American. I love my car. I love my freedom. Everybody who's in my car and sitting next to me is somebody I want to be there, or nobody at all, as the case may be. I'm listening to what I want to listen to on the radio, or nothing at all, as the case may be. I stop where I want to stop. I go where I want to go. I love the freedom of that. But the advantage in public transit is the more people are on it, the fewer people are in cars and competing with me for space out on the highway. So it's actually to my benefit to have a robust public transit system. Couldn't I argue it that way? Well, that's what they argue, uh, but the reality is so few people ride public transit that it really doesn't make any difference to our highways, except in New York City and, and uh, some other, a few other big cities, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, Chicago, and San Francisco. Uh, transit has such a small share of travel everywhere else that uh, if it disappeared tomorrow, you wouldn't notice the difference on your highway. You would not notice the difference. But it's true. You're right. Uh, according to surveys, 70% of people who say they support money for transit uh, think they'll ne- they're never going to ride it. They're just hoping that other people will ride it, <laughs> and that doesn't happen. And it especially doesn't happen with rail transit. Atlanta built rail transit uh, starting in the 70s, and uh, what's happened is be- in order to build the rail transit, they had to cut back on bus service because the rails are so expensive, and they ended up losing far more bus riders than they gained rail riders. So as a result, per capita transit ridership has declined by two-thirds. It's one of the most staggering drop-offs in transit uh, found in this country. And transit is declining everywhere, rails or not. Uh, It's not something you want to put money into today. The thing about that bus is it has the flexibility that the rail doesn't. The rail is fixed. The rail can only take you where the rail is. There's a problem. The bus can take a left and go another way. That's something I've always wondered about, why people are so uh, uh, fixed on trains when they're they're so static almost. That's right. And, you know, they look at European cities and they see the rails there and they think to be a world-class city like Paris or London, we need to have rail. And Atlanta wants to be a world-class city and Houston wants to be a world-class city. So they all decide to build rail. And it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's a romantic idea, but it's not a realistic idea. Today, world-class cities don't need to have rail. They need to have mobility. And buses 
Since 1927, in fact, buses have offered greater mobility. They can move more people uh, on a bus lane than uh, rails can move. They can do it faster. They can do it uh, uh, safer. And most important, they can do it for a lot less money. Very quickly, let's go on this one, Robert uh, Randall O'Toole here uh, from the Cato Institute. Uh, you mentioned the, the cities and where it does seem to be working. The, the cities in the Northeast, primarily New York, Philly, D.C., Boston, is a great example of a place where it does seem to work. I'm curious as to why, in your estimation, it doesn't really work so well in Atlanta. Atlanta is a transit city. It was a transit hub. Of course, it is now with Hartsfield-Jackson. But back in the day, General Sherman set his sights on Atlanta because it was a rail city, uh, the, the transit uh, of its day. Why, why has it been less successful here than, than some other cities that, that aren't in the Northeast? Well, the, the cities, I, I wouldn't say it's working in Boston. There's huge problems. There's even huge problems in New York and Washington and the other cities I mentioned. Uh, I would just say the transit there in general is carrying a significant number of people. It's carrying typically uh, 10 to 15 percent of commuters to work. Uh, as opposed to just 1% or 2% of commuters. Uh, but uh, the difference between those cities and Atlanta is the number of downtown jobs. In order for transit to carry a significant number of commuters, you have to concentrate a lot of jobs and then have a hub-and-spoke transit system to bring people into that concentrated job mm. area, which we usually call downtown. And the cities where transit carries more than 10% of commuters to work are urban areas with 240,000 downtown jobs. And Atlanta doesn't have anywhere near that number. No, they're all working out in Alpharetta and Sandy Springs. Yeah, Uh, yeah. so there's Atlanta can't hope to concentrate that many jobs downtown. uh, And if you don't have that number of jobs downtown, transit is just not going to carry significant numbers of people. Randall O'Toole, the book is Romance of the Rails, Why the Passenger Trains We Love Are Not the Transportation We Need. He's speaking today in Alpharetta tonight in Marietta from the Cato Institute. Randall O'Toole joining us on short notice this morning. Thanks for your time this morning. You're welcome.